grace and mercy and peace be unto you from God our Father and from our Lord and our Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. The text for today is from the Gospel of Matthew, focusing especially on verse 34. Do not think that I have come to bring peace to the earth. I have not come to bring peace, but a sword. Dear friends in Christ, what? What exactly is Jesus saying when he says he did not come to bring peace, but he came to bring a sword? This is a hard thing for us to hear. For we think of Christ as the Prince of Peace, and so we should, for at Christmas we pull out all of Jesus' titles, including what Isaiah calls him when he says, He shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Jesus himself says to his disciples, My peace I give to you, my peace I leave with you. I do not give as the world gives to you. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. So what is Jesus saying when he says, I didn't come to bring peace, but a sword? Maybe you were thinking the same thing as the passage was being read. What does he mean? The disciples were thinking this, and the King of glory knows what their imaginations have conceived, and he responds to them, don't think that. Don't think, do not imagine that I have come to bring it. Peace, but a sword. How can this be? It is recorded in Matthew just verses before when he says to his disciples that they are to be the harbingers of peace. He tells them, when you enter at home, give it your greeting. If the home is deserving, let your peace rest on it. If not, your peace will return to you. Jesus says that this sword will set a son against his father, a daughter against her mother. Households will be divided because of Christ's sword. Did Christ come to bring division? Did he come to separate families one from another? It is hard to believe. We even quote the scripture during a wedding saying this, What God has joined together, let man not separate. But this is not man separating the family. This is the sword of God, which is God's word. We know from Scripture that the Scriptures are more powerful than any man-made sword. God says through the writer of Hebrews, For the Word of God is living and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the hearts and the attitudes of the heart. This sword, God's Word, pierces the heart of men, and when it does, it produces faith in Christ. It makes the unwilling willing. It turns hearts of stone into hearts of flesh. Christ's word fills the hard heart, the evil heart, the hate-filled heart, the vengeful heart. It fills them with the love of Christ. This sword of God's word produces division, not because the sword is evil, but because people are. So we have division. Because men are sinful. The idea is this. If Christ simply would have let the world be as it was, if the Word made flesh had not come, and we would have gone undisturbed in our sin, we would have only gone unto our doom. Our God and His graciousness did not leave this earth in its sin, but sent His own Son to bear our sin and be our Savior. But when that happened, war resulted. For in man's perversion, he clings to sin. Now you look out into the world and you see a world that fights the Christ and his gracious gospel. And so there is division. Those who do not believe in the Christ are hostile to us. 
Christ knew that this would happen. He warns his disciples. He warns us and says, if the world hates you, keep in mind, it hated me first. If you belong to the world, it would love you as its own. But you do not belong to the world. Jesus says, I have chosen you out of the world. That is why the world hates you. Christ's sword kills that hate in a person and fills that person with love, first for God and then for their neighbor. God says that he is a jealous God. He wants to be first in your life. And his sword is constantly warring in your heart against your sinful nature to place yourself first. Even our relationships with our most beloved family members, they pale in comparison with the one we have with Christ Jesus. In my sinful nature, I have prioritized myself first. I have neglected my God. I have given more time to my family than to my Lord. I have lied to cover my sins, fearing the wrath of my earthly father more than I ever feared the wrath of my heavenly father. I have neglected, I have maligned, slandered, ignored, blamed, attacked, and raged against my God and my neighbor, and I know that I am not worthy of my Lord. When I place myself first, my desires, my wants, and my family first, I break the first commandment, which is you shall have no other gods before me. And when I have done this, I do not know peace, because I chase after the things in this life that God has created instead of seeking the Creator. My priorities are mixed up. Instead of seeking first the kingdom of God and having everything added unto me, I seek things that are simply things, and I ignore the Prince of Peace. What hope is there for me? Well, our Lord, the Prince of Peace, gave his life for you and for me. He came to this earth because we get our priorities mixed up. He came because we love ourselves more than him. In fact, he came even though we were enemies and rebelled against him. Christ came to fulfill all that we could not and died to forgive us of all of our sins and give us the promise of everlasting life. In Christ, you have a new heart, a new life, one that desires to live in Christ and to love Christ, one that places him above all things, one that fears and loves and trusts in God above all things. That is why the world is hostile to you. The world and those without Christ they want you to love them first. Son is set against father and daughter against mother, not because of the lack of our love for them, but because the priority of love. We love Christ first and desire to follow him, serve him, and place him above all things, even family. And those without Christ cannot and will not understand. Yes, there is little peace between the Christian and the non-Christian, not because we don't love them, but because we don't love them first. God's sword enters into a world of men and slays some and raises some to life. A new life, a God-fearing life, a cross-bearing life of service to God and neighbor. But for others, the word is folly. It is confusion. It brings angst. So after all of that, why is Jesus the Prince of Peace? Because for you, who are being saved, 
You can live without fear of God's wrath, for Christ filled up God's wrath on the cross. You can live without fear of the future, for you have a God who desires what is best for you. You can live without fear of death, for you have been promised eternal life and joy with the Son without end. You can live without fear of the devil, for he has promised to give you an eternal life apart from the devil and protects you in the waters of your baptism. You have God's peace, which passes all understanding, because God has gone ahead to prepare a place for you in heaven, and we wait joyfully for our death and the end of all things. For Christ will come again to take us to be with himself, where no more tears or pain or sickness or death will ever touch us again. This last Thursday morning, our dear brother in Christ, Chuck Schneider, died. He went into the emergency because he was having some trouble breathing. And all of that seemed to be sorted out. So when the nurses came into his room Thursday morning to give him his meds, they were surprised to find that Chuck had died. Passed away peacefully was how the nurses described it to Judy. Died peacefully. How does that happen? Paul says of God's peace, and the peace of God, which passes all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in and through Christ Jesus. Chuck died peacefully because he knew that by the death of Jesus, death had been conquered, and that through death, Chuck would be taken through death unto life eternal. Chuck is now face to face with the Prince of Peace, and now he understands truly what it means to live in peace, resting in Jesus' arms, reunited with his beloved Naomi and those who have gone before him in the faith. God's peace is knowing that heaven is our home and that in Christ we are going to be there soon. If tonight is your night, dear friends, rest in peace, knowing that Jesus promises to take you home. Thanks be to God. Amen. And now may God's peace, which passes all understanding, guard your hearts and minds in and through Christ Jesus unto life everlasting. Amen. Hi, Pastor Sai here. I hope this message was encouraging for you. At Riverbend Lutheran Church, our goal is to support Christians in their daily walk with God and in proclaiming the love of Christ to a lost and broken world. We're a small and inviting congregation welcoming any and all who are sinful, hurting, seeking, or simply broken. Whether you're already a Christian and are looking for a church home or you're undecided about your faith and looking for answers, you are welcome here. We have a number of programs for all ages and walks of life. Sunday mornings we have worship followed by educational programs for all ages. Please join us. For more information, you can visit us online at www.riverbendlutheran.com Call us at 780-430-7382 or email me at pastor at riverbendlutheran.com. Better yet, stop in for a visit. Until then, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord look upon you with his favor and grant you his peace.